You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Dr. Corey Allen, alongside my wife, as always, Pam. I'm here, loving the new year, 2020. Let's get it rolling, right? Yeah, let's go. We're um, here at Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. We're so glad that everybody takes time out of their day or each their week each time to spend a little bit of it with us, to ask their questions, call in with their topics or their ideas. Um, we want to help frame conversations that help married life and sex lives in marriage thrive, mm. not just eke along with some modicum of functionality or even exist. Who wants to say they're just surviving? <laughs> Sometimes I would say that, you know. <laughs> okay. Right? Duly we, noted. We get seasons where it's like, yeah, survival's okay. I'm doing okay. When we're dealing yeah. with yeah, some my of head's the different above water. things. Yep. Uh, that's just the way life goes. And so hopefully wherever, there's moments you're thriving. Though. Yeah. Wherever you are in this process, in the seasons, we're so glad that you come and hang out with us. And the way you can let us know what's going on in your world. You can give us a call, 214-702-9565, or you can email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And if you like what we got going on, uh, we're going to invite you to jump on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, rate and review the shows, leave a comment, spread the word, sign up your friends, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again, help us just climb the charts (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so so that... uh, more people get to hear uh, what's going on here at Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. And here's mm-hmm. a couple of things that have come in lately, Pam, from iTunes, Okay, where there's a couple of really good uh, comments that have just come in. One that says, this is a great podcast. It absolutely helped our sex life. It's brought my quiet and reserved wife out of her shell. We're connecting on a much deeper level now, and I highly recommend it. Nice. I like hearing that. Yeah, stuff. that's so great. And then I love the phraseology of this one. Um, or the next two, actually. Love the clean view on the dirty parts of marriage. Okay. Which is interesting to me to think about sex as under the whole category of dirty, when absolutely it's not. Uh, we just had that go on at our church Sunday. Right. When the pastor was talking about um, fasting, which we're, our church is in a season of fasting. Right. And he even mentioned, for those of the couples that are out there, um, you can look in Corinthians, and there's something you can fat you can do there. And he wouldn't. We look at each other, and go say the word. Say when say the word. Sex. Say sex. Come on, it is a blessed, sacred thing. Right. So let's talk about it. Uh, and then the last one just says exceptional podcast, a show based on real life, touching all of aspects of marriage. Yeah, we appreciate people stepping out and. Um putting those words out there. And I love hearing from people that are listening and working on themselves, right? And yes. they're spending time to to um, see how they can just make life better in general, make their marriage better in general. And and uh, that's where we're, that's what our goal is here. So there's a couple of things coming up um, that are worth noting right now because there's the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. Right, in June. Enrollment is now open. Mm-hmm. You can register. There's people already taking spots. So if you're interested in coming, uh, smrnation.com forward slash getaway, mm-hmm. 
is how you can reserve your space to come join us in June. It's going to be a fabulous four days, some incredible things already lining up to have happen. Mm -hmm. And we really hope you'll come join us. If you've come before, come back. Uh, We want to see you again because this is going to be a great four days together. Also, this week, as of when we're airing this, which is the first full week of January um, of 2020, uh, there are mastermind groups forming right now. And so if you are interested, if you're a husband out there that are interested in a man of his word mastermind group, uh, email feedback at sexymarriageradio.com and let me know you're interested. I'll get you uh, involved in the process of the hoops you got to jump through to, to join us uh, if you're interested because it's worth starting the year off with a band of brothers in the trenches with you to make this year better than it ever possibly could be alone. Mm-hmm. So what, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, um, we're joined by a guest, Melissa Orlov, who she is a, has a specialty of ADHD and marriage. Well, and it's interesting. We get a lot of emails from folks um, referring to spouses that are ADHD or, or right. in that in that realm. So I'm kind of right. excited is, to see and, how many lives this might touch. And what I'm excited about with our conversation with Melissa is we've done some shows in the past on uh, marriages where one or one is in the spectrum. Right. ADHD is a different beast. Mm-hmm. It's a different animal. Right. And so she has dedicated a bulk of her professional career on just dealing with this whole aspect and this dynamic. And so during the free version, we're talking about a little bit more of what ADHD is, just trying to educate some people and how it plays out. And then coming up on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there's no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. Melissa and I continue the conversation to talk more specifically about how ADHD impacts marriage and what you can do. Okay, because I asked good. her a point that's blank good. question at the very beginning of our conversation on how did you get into this? I'm always curious how people wind up with the specialty or the niche that they work in. Yeah. And it's it's not a, a aha moment, but it was mm-hmm. one, well, this is my marriage. Mm-hmm. And I started recognizing some dynamics and thought, you know what? I know I'm not alone in this. Right. So how about let's start doing some things to, that can help other people too, because she has a thriving marriage and in large part because of the work she does. Right. That's good to hear. So all that's coming up on today's show. Well, joining me today for Sexy Marriage Radio is Melissa Orlov, who is the founder of ADHDmarriage.com and also has two award-winning books on the subject of ADHD and its impact on relationships. And so My thought, which uh, this is not necessarily in the brilliant category, but my thought is if we're going to tackle the world of ADHD in marriage, Melissa is the one that needs to be on board to help us do that. So, Melissa, thank you for joining us on the show today. Well, I am delighted to join you on the show today. It's fun to talk with you. So uh, I usually start every conversation with a a guest, and, and if they are known for a specific topic, uh, we got to first go into how did you wind up? And this being your wheelhouse as far as the topic that you're addressing. 
Well, I, I wound up there through a combination of both professional and per- personal experience, actually. My husband has ADHD, so does my daughter. Okay. And um, I, my, we were, I hate to say it, but we were completely and totally average, which means we struggled like crazy because <laughs> we didn't know about the ADHD. And at the time we were struggling about it, uh, nobody really was thinking about adult ADHD and how it impacts relationships. And so I, uh, we, we went through, we got to a place that was a much better place. And I, I said to my husband, gee, there are a lot of people out there who'd probably like to know about this. And right. so I, I started, yeah, I started a blog and, and, and with somewhat at a surprise, it totally took off and it got, you know, when the website got to be thousands of pages, I said, boy, I better write a book <laughs> so that people can actually sort through this. And I did that. And then that took off and, you know, got some awards and was done up in the New York Times. And so I just said, that's, that's how I got into it. And I, um, that was back in um, 2007. Okay. And I've been doing it ever since. And, and now I'm, I um, teach people, teach therapists about this and, and uh, speak all over the world on the topic. Perfect. And so let's just, let's just start with the uh, macro and then we'll go micro. How about that on just the, 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 what is it first in the sense of what you, how you work, what you see, what impacts, what, what's the primary goal of what you do and for who? Well, so the impact, let me start there first. Um, the vast majority of adults who have ADHD have not officially been diagnosed and so there are a lot of couples out there who are like my husband and I were, um, where there's something going on in their relationship. They think, gee, we ought to be able to do better than we're doing, but right. we're really struggling. And the struggle has to do with the ADHD symptoms that are there, but that have not been identified. Um, and I can give you a very simple example to tell you sort of the, the way that yeah, this works. please do. Um, distractibility. Yeah, the, the, so distractibility is the number one symptom of adult ADHD, whether they have the version that has hyperactivity or not. That's the sort of number one symptom. Okay. If you have a partner who is chronically distracted, um, then the, what happens is the other partner feels, um, like their partner doesn't care about them because they're never paying attention to them Right. because they're so distracted. Right. right? And so that ends up, uh, so you've got this symptom, you don't know it's symptom and you keep thinking, well, what, maybe my partner doesn't love me anymore. You know, and your partner says, of course I love you. (laughs) So, uh, so, so that is a misunderstanding or misinterpretation of a very common symptom, but you don't know it's a symptom. So the only way you have to interpret it is my partner doesn't care about me because they're distracted. Right. So there are all these patterns that show up because of the symptoms of ADHD and it's, between it's about seven percent of the population officially has ADHD, seven to eight somewhere in there. Okay. Um, and so there are all these symptoms that are there because the person has the ADHD, but you don't know how to interpret them. Right. If you knew it was ADHD, the way the way you would respond is, "Hey, I'm feeling kind of lonely. Let's go out on a date and reconnect." Right. And it would be a positive thing. Right. But cause... since you don't know that it's the ADHD, the way you respond is. I can't believe you'd ever pay any attention to me. How come you aren't doing all this stuff around the house? And it goes in a very negative way. Right. So, so that's what's happening uh, with these couples. Not just that, but um, uh, across a lot of symptoms for ADHD. Okay. And so if what you are describing uh, is resonating with a listener, 
um, or listeners, because obviously I, the hope and the goal we've got with Sexy Marriage Radio Nation is that both spouses will listen to Sexy Marriage Radio, but I also know that doesn't always happen. So if this is what, you know, you're like, you know what, Melissa, you're kind of describing a, a whole lot of what goes on. What's what's the next step they do? Well, so they really need to learn about ADHD to, to sort of look into it. So uh, my first book, which is called The ADHD Effect on Marriage, lays out what these patterns are. That's a good resource for people. You can either get it at the library, you can buy it online or at Audible or whatever. Uh, and um, it, it, it lays out, I mean, it's not just about distractibility. It's also about trouble following through, right. initiating poor memory, a bunch of other things that are symptoms of ADHD. Um, so the first thing is to get educated about it. Uh, and then if you think there might be an issue, um, you know, talking with your partner and just saying, hey, I've been exploring this. These, some of these patterns sound familiar. You know, what do you right. think? Should we look into this? Right. And go from there. Lots of times a person who has undiagnosed ADHD is very sensitive yep. to it. They're, um, you know, they, they feel like they're, you're criticizing them if you bring up the fact that they repeatedly aren't able to follow through or whatever. And, and lots of times, actually, it is a criticism because the person is frustrated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, that's fair. As- um, <laughs> but anyway, that's it. And also, my website is also a really good resource for people because it's totally focused on this topic. Right. And so there's a lot of information there, too. Right. And and I, I, just to add a little uh, rounding to the conversation, because one of the things that to me, and I just want to get your confirmation or your addition to this, if we need to edit it some, is um, when you're talking about anything that's a diagnosable thing that goes on in our in our life and characteristics of us, there's a difference between characteristics of and the actual thing. And there's also the aspect of when you're talking about ADHD, ADD, it's not necessarily just one symptom. You're talking about several qualifiers that help create the the distinction of it, right? Right. Now, yes. And so um, everybody on the planet gets distracted sometimes. Exactly. Right. That's not the same thing as chronic distractibility. So if if you you know, have read up about ADHD and you're going, gee, this still sounds like this is right. potentially relevant, then getting an evaluation right. uh, with a qualified professional is where you need to go next. Um, and then um, some people will be what's called subclinical, which is you have a few of the characteristics but not all of them, yep. in which case using some of the strategies will still help you. Um, Absolutely. But you won't be all the way in a diagnosable spot. Yeah, and that's... Um, and also with ADHD... Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no. Well, I was just going to say that's a great qual- uh, distinction there because you're talking about whether... Uh, if you want to hit the uh, arena of, yeah, this is totally what I am, or there's characteristics of, there's still uh, frameworks and pathworks and processes that can still benefit you. Right. The whole the whole what you lay out is still a beneficial route, whether you have the label, quote unquote, or not. Yes. And so one of the so I have a a couple seminar that I give by phone for couples who are interested in this topic. And, And I teach conversational, structural, you know, how to have certain kinds of conversations, how to deal with your anger, with your frustration, stuff like that will help you if you're struggling, whether or not you've got that diagnosis. The diagnosis will give you a a way to think, well, first of all, it gives you access to medication if you want to use that, Mm -hmm. but it also will um, give you a a more concrete way of thinking about why a lot of these things have happened. 
happened to you in your life, why people keep saying things like, you know, if you just try harder, you could do so much more. And there are a lot of comments that people make and things that have happened that have happened because of undiagnosed ADHD. Yeah, because the the one thing, um, anytime we're getting into uh, the diagnostic world, uh, as, as a clinician, for me at least, I have a real reluctance to go there quickly because um, I keep coming across when you're dealing with people that are that have some real struggles in their relationships and in their life, um, they look for the quick explanation that maybe isn't the right explanation. It's almost uh, akin to the medical student syndrome, you know, of where you have whatever illness it is that you're studying, you've got it. Because you're just looking out, you're looking out for the markers. You're like, oh yeah, well I've got that now. Oh, well now I got that, and it's just kind of a common trait of our brain looks to make sense of something, and if I can't make sense of it, I'll go to the easiest explanation of it. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. So if seven, you know, five to seven percent of the population, the adult population, has ADHD, another fifteen to twenty is probably subclinical. If you right. think about it, you know, again. A lot of people have trouble initiating something or remembering something yeah. some of the time. Yeah. It's an issue of chronic, yes. like as in all of the time. This is the way my brain always works. That's much more likely to be ADHD. All right. And so after we've kind of nailed down the aspect of, okay, this fits, right? Either you're part of the 7 to 8% or you're part of the whole, the, the, even the subclinical, including the seven to eight percent, or there's just semblances and some some elements of this. What's the best practices that really help couples in their marriage for this? Because that's where I want to steer this conversation. Is that's that's kind of your wheelhouse and specialty is the relational dynamic. So what are the what are the best practices? Well, so uh, typically. Um, you've got one partner who's got these symptomatic type behaviors, diagnosable or not. Right. And so the best practices for that partner, both partners have to start thinking about their own input, their own contributions to that relationship rather than focusing on their partner. So right. a non-ADHD partner who says, well, I'm, I'm confident that if you fix the ADHD, everything will be fine, is um, not taking into account their own uh, issues which right. have to do with um, frustration or anger or how they might be treating their partner. One of the biggest issues for non-ADHD or other ADHD partners in the relationship is something I call parent-child dynamics, where because an ADHD partner has been essentially under-functioning in the relationship, right. and that sounds critical, I don't mean it to sound that way, but they're having trouble following through. Yeah. They're, they make promises. They, you know, I'd say to my husband, could you do X? And he'd say, absolutely, no problem. But then he'd get distracted or he'd forget about it or whatever, and it wouldn't happen. And I would have to remind him. And over time, I got very frustrated with it. And I started telling him what he should be doing rather yep. than requesting it. Yep. So that's a parenting behavior. And um, the child part of that isn't like an actual child. It's an adult who's functioning at a less reliable level. So that um, is very destructive for your relationship, for your sex life, Mm -hmm. for everything. And um, so the non-ADHD partner has a role, which is to take uh, control of and and deal with their own sense of frustration, with anger, with how they're treating that person, being more respectful, making sure that their partner gets the equal 
um, status in the relationship that they deserve. Okay. Uh, so that's so that's on that side of the equation, and on the other, you've got this reliability issue typically um, that the ADHD partner needs to deal with. And and I talk with ADHD partners about um, sort of three legs of treatment. One is a physiological leg where you work on um, changing the way the brain functions. I haven't talked about this yet, but ADHD is about neurochemistry. Absolutely. So, you know, so things that balance out the neurochemistry. Then there's a behavioral aspect, which is leg two, and then there's interactive. How do you interact around chores? How do you interact around conversations that you have, you know, when you're angry? How do you deal with that? There's a whole thing there for couples as well. So, um, so there's sort of two sides, and yep. each partner uh, has to take care of their own. And, and I love that framework, Melissa, because you're talking about each side just kind of handling themselves and their role or culpability or co-creation or collusion, because I think we do all of them, uh, and even the best of relationships, uh, <laughs> that, that it's just recognizing what am I doing that perpetuates it? What am I doing that is causing this or allowing it or... Because even the whole concept of the parent-child dynamic, I love that because that's the transa- transactional analysis of, of communication processes that goes on. Mm-hmm. That you know, when, yeah. when, you, when someone comes at something as a parent, it's met by the child state of the person they're coming at them with most, most of the time. And, and so it's just recognizing that aspect in and of itself for the non-ADHD spouse can be tremendously powerful. Well, it is really powerful, and it's actually, interestingly, even though ADHD is a, a huge issue and uh, in their thing, the place of the first change in these relationships often actually comes from the non-ADHD partner because it takes a while for somebody to get that evaluation, to yeah. uh, understand how to treat ADHD. The non-ADHD partner can make some pretty rapid changes, by um, acknowledging their role as a parenting type partner, stopping nagging, et cetera, and really calm the relationship relatively quickly. But there's a lot of pain. Yep. Part of the reason that that's going on is that that partner is feeling a ton of pain. You know, maybe they've been feeling lonely or unattended. They feel like they can't trust their partner. There's all sorts of issues going on there that um, make that a you know a pretty big uh, pretty big deal. It's not. I don't want to make it sound easy. Right. No. And that's, that's the reality of it is when you're dealing with some of these aspects that are qualifiers of, of this type of a relationship, it's, I think what you, what you touched on at the very beginning was this idea that once you can have a better framework of the lens in which you're looking at it, you change the way you can do it rather than the, why are you always ignoring me? Why are you, why, you know, you don't love me, whatever, rather than, okay, hold on. There's a, you know, the, the correlation I've got, Melissa, is I'm married to a tax accountant. And so it's very easy for me to sit there in April when I'm not ap- operating at my best to go, Pam's just totally avoiding me, right? <laughs> Rather than, <laughs> oh, yeah, she's got this mountain of work that she's, <laughs> she's trying to get done. But it's, it's so easy for us to make it all about ourselves rather than, hold on, how do I create room for other people and their path and their view and their dynamic as well. And, and just, just yeah. that in of itself can make it start to 
now I can make this a relational thing rather than it's a character assassination of that's going on. Well, yeah, obviously you don't want to be doing character assassination at any point, but yes, I, you know, that's exactly right. One of the ways that I think about it actually is I, I think about it in terms of, again, because I'm dealing with ADHD partners, I think of it as symptom response response. So you've got a behavior, and, and you're talking about your wife, so, you know, broadly speaking, tax accounting period could be the symptom. Absolutely. You know, it can go either direction, yep. right? But it's a starting behavior, so the symptom in, in my world. Um, and then there's a response to that behavior. So if you think back to that distractibility uh, um, example that I gave you, the, re- the, the symptom is distractibility. The response is, why don't you love me anymore? Or if you change that response, it could be, you know, let's go out on a date. Right. right? So that's that. Um, what you're saying, in essence, is knowledge of this allows you to, to change that cycle of the symptoms, the response, and then the response to that response. So if that first response is you don't love me anymore and you become sort of mean or angry about it, and then the other partner, the ADHD partner, responds back to the anger yeah. right, with yeah. other anger, it's a really bad cycle. Whereas if the response is let's go on a date – and then the ADHD partner is like, yeah, of course, let's do it. And they go and have fun. Very different outcome. So I like to think of it as symptom, response, response, and choosing what your responses are. Because for any given thing that comes at you, there's a, always you know, 10 different ways you could respond to it. Absolutely. And the one that you choose is important. Absolutely. That, that fits right into the framework I, I love is the idea that uh, in in marriage and in life in a, almost every aspect that I've come up with, um, we're volunteers. You know, we're not victims. That we we have power over how we choose to deal with what goes on. We may we can't control what goes on, but how I interact with it, I can. I do have I do have options and choices, and that's kind of what you're framing out. Yeah, and it's interesting because one of these issues, so this parent-child thing, that's a choice. The nagging, for example, doesn't feel like a choice if you don't know the ADHD is there. Right. Um, So, you know, if your partner just doesn't follow through and you can't figure it out, I mean, one of the problems, uh, unfortunately, if you go to a, a therapist who doesn't know about ADHD you run into the same problem. The therapist is saying, well, you should just try harder. And the <laughs> right, ADHD right. partner is going, well, but, 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 but I can't do that. Of course you can do that. Right, you know? And that right. doesn't work either. So knowing about the ADHD helps you understand that, look, there's a brain chemistry issue here that makes it harder to do certain things. doesn't mean you can't do them, right. but it means you have to do, you have to use strategies that work for people who have ADHD which are often quite different from the strategies that work for people who don't. Correct. And um, so uh, it's a it, it's really useful lens so that you can choose the right ways to respond. Correct. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for the work that you are doing uh, and have done already. And for those that are in the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation that want to learn a little bit more about you, how do they find you? Just This is your chance to just... Shout across the airwaves, here's where you find me. Well, where you find me, my website is at www.adhdmarriage.com. And uh, my, I have a blog there and a, a lot of resources. I also um, 
do a couple seminar. It's an eight-week seminar by phone, which is very good. I've been giving it for many years now, and I've really honed it. Uh, and uh, that's there. I give non-ADHD support groups. Uh, so there's there are um, lots of different resources. And then I have two books, The ADHD Effect on Marriage is the first one, and then The Couple's Guide to Thriving with ADHD is the second. Perfect. Well, Melissa, thank you so much. All that information I'll put in the show notes as well. So those of you that are driving and listening to this, don't try to write that down. Um, Focus on what you're doing. Uh, But uh, Melissa, thank you so much for the time today. You are welcome. So Pam, I'm curious because... As you think of launching into 2020 mm-hmm. and you think of, um, I'm going to put it in, in the show on a down note for you, launching into tax season. <laughs> I like what I do. So I can't okay. say that that's a down note, except I don't see you guys as much. <laughs> right. There you go. Uh, it's, it's definitely a whole lot of different stressors. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, a couple of things that come to my mind is just recognizing the importance of being able to take time out to spend it with the people, the people and the things that are important. Right. 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 And one of the things that I've loved about having you as the co-host helping pilot this whole adventure Mm -hmm. now on a weekly basis is this is time I get to steal with you. That has been a treat. Definitely. Definitely. I'm glad you feel that way too. Absolutely. That's kind of how I've been too. If nothing else, I get, uh, Get to pick at your brain a little bit. Get get to see your reactions in real time <laughs> <laughs> with some of the things and where we may go. Surprised at some and not at others, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely, that's married life. I mean, 26 years in, uh-huh. there's still surprises around every corner. That's what makes this whole thing <laughs> right, right. such a great adventure together. <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, thanks again for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. Uh, couple please right at the end uh, join us on the getaway smrnation.com forward slash getaway or if husbands if you're interested in a mastermind group they're forming now so let let us know so that you can be a part of this and have a group of people that'll be in this path with you as you head into the new year wherever you are whatever you've been doing thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with us we'll see you next time